This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and before we get started, before we get going any further, I just wanted to take a step back from baseball and bring into reality a little bit. I hadn't really talked to the guys about this at all, but just want to, you know, I guess tip the cap, send our thoughts and prayers out to the guys at Halo ha- at Halo Haven. Lost a member of their family this week, earlier this week, Johnny Mags. Personally, I didn't get to meet him. I saw him around the stadium a lot at Inland Empire, and he's been a big face in the sense of Angels baseball on social media for quite a while. All those guys over there at Halo Haven have been, but yeah, lost a lost a uh, family member, lost an Angels family member there, and Johnny Mags this week. Just you know, thoughts and prayers out to their family. I just wanted to say that before we get this show rolling any farther. I forgot to do it last podcast. Actually, I think it just kind of came up last podcast a little bit. So I just wanted to, you know, thoughts and prayers their way, thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Johnny, and, you know, best wishes. I I can't, you know, say anything else than that. I really can't, you know, just thoughts and prayers. Kind of getting a little choked up about it, too. Angel's family. So, guys, as always, fun show planned, and I have Nate Green and... Brock Davis with me today. Brock Davis, Nate Green, however you want to put it. Sorry, I, I kind of threw this show off a little bit by that intro. I, I know, but I just wanted to, you know, give that its due diligence. I wanted to, you know, show a little respect to the Halo Haven guys there. I know they're going through a loss there. So, uh, Brock, how you doing today? Good, man. I saw an Otani home run yesterday, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we'll get into Otani. Otani time, I mean, it's not a... Not a not a talking Halos podcast if we don't talk a little Otani right now before the season starts. Nate, how you doing? Doing fantastic, Jerk. Fantastic. So baseball, baseball, baseball. I think I like that quote. Baseball, baseball, baseball. So guys, before we get going on to the actual part of the show, question here for you guys. Fun question, I think. Interesting question. Best two, three, four hitters on a team in baseball. So who has the best two, three, four hitters in baseball, basically? I think the Angels have got to be up there in any order that you put, whether it is Trout, Otani, Rendon, Trout, Rendon, Otani. In that, in some type of order, that has to be one of the best in baseball just because of Trout, Rendon in general. And then you can kind of add in whoever you want in that three-hole. But you also got to put in the Dodgers. I know we kind of talked about this off the record. Dodgers, White Sox. I know the Yankees are going to have a good two, three, four. You know, so the Braves are going to be pretty good. The Red Sox we mentioned. So, Brock, do you have anybody in consideration for the best two, three, four hitters 
in baseball? Yeah, I think a sleeper one could be the Braves. You've got Albies, Freeman, and Azuna. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. Or um, Acuna. Bregman, yeah. They, yeah. Have, they have Acuna at the one hole, which I could see him being there, but um, if he were to get thrown in that 2-3-4, then that would definitely be a top three. Uh, I like Bregman, Brantley, Correa, um, but I think like it'd be hard to make a top three. But definitely, our 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 two three four is definitely a top three in my opinion. The Dodgers with Seager, Turner, Muncy, um, and I also really like Tatis, Machado, and Hosmer. Hosmer kind of throws it off a little bit, but just Tatis and Machado being in the in that two three spot that that makes them a top three, maybe top five. And obviously, the Yankees with Judge Hicks and Stanton. Um, and maybe switch that around, and, and somehow Torres or LeMahieu could end up in that two, three, four at some point. So the Yankees are dangerous. Dodgers, us, Padres, and the Braves are probably my biggest ones. Honestly, I think the question to ask is who doesn't have a good two, three, four hitters in baseball right now? Yeah. So, <laughs> Nate, who do you got for the best two, three, four hitters in baseball? Yeah, no, the Angels are definitely, I think the Angels are number one, but uh, a sneaky team for me would be the Nationals. I mean, you got Trey, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, and Josh Bell, 2-3-4. That, that could be a very, very tough 2-3-4. Um, and the switch hitter, the right-left switch, That I love that, uh, the way that lineup shapes up. Yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, like I said, it's, it's tough to say who's one, like, I don't think there's a true cut number one, because, I mean, we didn't mention the Dodgers, who are going to go Betts, Bellinger, and Seager in some degree. I mean, you could probably throw anybody in that mix and say, oh, yeah, they're a top, they're a top five, two, three, four hitter in baseball. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question. I, I randomly just thought about it. Like, as Angels, you know, I don't think they put out two, three, that two, three, four yet. But when the season starts, I would have to assume in some order that's that's how it would be. And... That's scary. That's a really scary lineup to have. I mean, there's a lot of scary ones. We mentioned the Padres with Tatis and whoever else they want to put in that mix. I mean, heck, even the, even the Giants, in a sense. You know, Yastrzemski, uh, Solano was really good last year for him, and throw in Buster Posey. I mean, I know that's looks like kind of a little old school, but that's a, not too bad of a three, two, three, four there either, and if that's how they want to roll it out there. So, I don't know. I just wanted to, wanted to throw that question out there for you guys and get the... I mean, there's there's honestly a lot of sleepers if you really look into it. I mean, mm-hmm. even even the Reds, you got Nick Castellanos, Votto, uh, Eugenio Suarez. You got the A's with Lowry, Chapman, Olsen. The Cardinals are a big sleeper one. Paul DeJong, Goldschmidt, and Arenado. Like, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto on the Phillies. Like it seems like almost every team, like you said, for the most part, has a very solid one, two, three, four, or maybe one, two, three. It's just more or less rounding out the lineup around them. But I, I you know, I, I would agree with Nate that it's it's definitely an argument that we have the best two, three, four in baseball, and and, and even an argument that we have the best one through four in baseball if if Fletcher's put in that one spot. Definitely, yeah, no, hundred percent. It's it's a lot of fun, and I, I don't know, like, I would love to write an article about it. I'm sure there's been articles already written about it, but, like, just to do the research on it and get a ranking system out there, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 tough in general to, to put out a list of top 30. I mean, you might have that Reds in, like, 20 through 30, and that could produce a lot. Like, I don't even know, like, Joey Votto's a Hall of Famer, Castellanos is a great hitter, and Suarez is probably one of the most underrated players in baseball. So, I... I I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't know where, where I would put anybody. 
I, to be honest. I mean, it's I mean by offensive war, we probably have the cake. I think if we were if we were to do the numbers, we were to run the numbers on offensive war purely. I think our two three four would probably be the highest for sure. With Rendon and Trout alone, we would probably just with those two, we would probably be at least top five with just those two. And then you throw Otani in the mix with his offensive war, and, and I think we'd for sure be number one war wise. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It really is to think how. I mean, just in general, like all thirty teams. I guess minus the Orioles, in a sense. I don't know. I mean, even Dude, the Orioles. even them, bro. They got they got Santander and Mancini in their three four. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's even still pretty solid. So that's kind of like more, I guess, the tip of the cap to teams around the majors and then expansion. Like, think about how many two three four hitters are out there that aren't in the two three four hole that would be good on an expansion team. I mean. Just, just a thought, you know. I mean, expansion's got to be around the corner here. So I just wanted to get the get the brain working with that one for you guys. So, guys, super fun show. Rest of the show planned for you today. A lot of interesting topics, Angels news, Shohei Otani, all that fun stuff. And guys, if you could follow us on all our social media accounts. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for Talking Halos. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Brock at BDROX8, and you can follow Nate Green at NateGreen34. Of course, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, and if you could give us a review so we can see what we do good or what we do bad in your guys' eyes and maybe try to fix it a little bit for y'all. And, of course, guys, give us one second to pay the bills. Hey, everyone, before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast for Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, guys, enough with all of the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk a little bit of Angels baseball and just a little bit of news, not not honestly a whole lot of news out there at the moment for the Angels. We've seen a lot of a lot of fun Angels baseball, and I think it's a good thing that there hasn't been really any news per se, bad news. And the only thing is that uh, Gerardo Reyes has a strained UCL, which is going to be interesting to see where that goes. If he has to have Tommy John, if he has to do you know rehab, I think it's uh, PRP injections. We'll see kind of where that goes. I mean, guys, is there any other news? out there you want to really talk about, minus Otani time, which we'll get into that in a second. I don't I don't really have anything. Yeah, so I think we can just kind of get right into Otani time, and guys, has that ball landed yet? I don't think so. <laughs> nah. I mean, I know, nah. I know Otani came out after the game and said there's wind, but I mean, that's an absolute tank. I mean, for those that have been to Tempe Diablo, like, getting it over that batter's eye out there is a accomplishment in itself during BP or something. 
But, I mean, I didn't even see where the ball landed. Like, it could – honestly, it might not have landed yet. Like, it could have gone into, like, the stratosphere, into outer space or something, hit the moon. Because that was an absolute freaking tank. And I'm so excited to see what he can do, like, it, when he's 100% healthy this year. It's going to be so much fun. I, I mean, I and, and he's starting today as well. Got to throw that in the mix. And I'm sure I, – I think we're going to try to get a, another podcast out tomorrow – that just goes over how Otani did during his outing today because this is his first start since, I mean, how healthy was he last year is the real question. And it's it's his first spring training start since, I mean, again, who knows when really? Since, what, his rookie year? So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of, it'll be a lot of fun. Any, let's, I, I want to kind of do a little prediction here. What are, we, what are we saying that he looks like? Do we think the command's good? Brock, I'll I'll start with you. What do you what do you we have prediction wise? What do you think Otani will look like today? Uh, man, I thought you were going to talk about full season predictions. I was going to do a hot take, but <laughs> um, I don't know. Today, I think I think he's going to surprise us a little bit. I don't I don't know if surprise is the right word because surprise would mean that we wouldn't think he'd be capable of doing it, and we all know he is. It's just going to be refreshing. I think is the right word for it. I think he's going to come out. And he's going to look good. I think he's going to touch 100 a few times. I think his splitter is going to be in full action. I think his mechanics are going to be back in back in play where you know he was in his rookie year. And I, I think it's just going to be solid. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm with you on that. I'll, I'll give my take after I after Nate says what his take is for today. So Nate, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think just like Brock said, he's going to be about 97 to 100, which is going to be good to see. But I, I do think he walks a guy. Um, probably the first guy, if, if I'm going to be honest. I think he walks the first guy. Uh, he won't give up a run. He'll get one strikeout. And I think they'll, they'll kind of cap him at one inning just to kind of say, hey, we got your feet wet, um, and then next outing we'll let him go two innings. But that, that's kind of my guess. My guess is just kind of going to be, I think he's going to underperform. Like the 100-mile-an-hour thing has come out, and it's going to be like everybody's going to be expecting 100. And he'll come out like 92 to 94 working on stuff, and everybody's going to panic, be like, oh, where's the 100? Oh, angels were lying to us. I mean, and I, I just don't – I don't know. I think that everybody's going to panic after he's just sitting like 92, 94 later today. I, I really do. Like, it's going to be kind of funny. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'm going to have, have somebody recording it for me. I'm going to have to watch after because I have to coach. But, but yeah, it's going to be – it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm excited to see what the command looks like. The slider is always fun to watch. The splitter is disgusting. And, I mean, I hope that we see up into triple digits. I don't think we do. I think we see, like, that 90 – I think he's probably going to sit, like, 92, 94. Maybe we see him kick it up to 96 once or twice. But, I mean, hey, you never know. He could just come come out right away blowing smoke in, like, 98, 99, 100. I mean, we saw Hunter Green the other day, 100, 100, 100, 200, 3 miles an hour, which is a lot of fun. So, I don't know really what to expect, to be honest. I mean – I'm just excited to see I mean, him. Back. I think I think if if it ends up Nate's way, where they where they only put him out there for an inning, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna blow a hundred. But I think if they want him to do a couple innings to get a little bit more of a better vibe of of his control, since that was such an issue last year, and kind of just see how his vibes on you know on the mound, then he's gonna be sitting around ninety two, ninety four, and they're gonna try to get two innings out of him to get those mechanics and check and really check them out in, in a game but if they if their plan is just one inning then I think they're going to say hey 
we want you to, you know, you know, 90%, 90 to nine, 90 to a hundred percent. And we're just going to have you do this one inning, you know, try to get it done in 20 pitches or less. And we want to really see what you got to make sure that you're back where you need to be. So I think it's going to be kind of one of those two, you know, blow it all out in an inning or kind of take it slow 90 to 94 for a couple innings, just get the mechanics down. I think the two innings one is probably more likely, especially since it's his first spring training start in a, in a long time and his first start since he was terrible. Um, so I see the two innings kind of 92 to 96 kind of being more realistic. It'll be interesting. It really will be. And just kind of a random thought that I thought about as we were talking about this was I hope that we see him, because it's spring training, I hope that we see him start a game on the mound, but also get that DH spot too. That would be a lot of fun to see that in an actual game, like to see him hitting and pitching. I don't know if spring training is necessarily the time to do it, but it would definitely be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll say that. And I think actually, I mean, spring training would be an interesting time to do it, to see what, what it brings to the table. And I think, you know, when he was a rookie, a lot of the talk was, hey, I like doing that. <laughs> you know, I do it over in Japan. I can D8. I can hit and pitch in the same game. Let me do it. And, I mean, the Angels have been extremely cautious with him, and it's that's fair because we have barely seen him on the field. But I don't know. You know, it'll be it'll be. You want to hear my hot take prediction? Do it. Twenty-five plus bombs, sub three-two ERA. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I really don't. You don't think so? No, I don't I think, think. I think that people are going to have somewhat. I want to say low expectations. Okay, I'll do twenty-eight plus bombs with a sub three. That's that's a hot take. Just adding those three home runs. That's what I really wanted to say, but I kind of toned it down a little bit. If you say, I mean, if you said thirty, then that's 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 really pushing it. But I mean, I I think the ERA is with the stuff that he he's shown is easy. Like I don't think that that's that's a difficult thing because I mean his stuff's unhittable when it's on. Yeah. Even if the command isn't quite there, the stuff is unhittable. I mean, the Astros knew what were coming, what was coming, and still didn't hit him that hard. When you go look at his rookie year. And you look at that game against the Astros where, in air quotes, he got hit hard. He really didn't get hit that hard. And he struck out a lot of guys. And, I mean, we can guess. I don't know if they knew what was coming at that point in the season. But, I mean, that was the season that that whole Astros thing was happening. And they that was the first time that he really he didn't do all that great. I mean, I think it was coming off that A's start. And... Yeah, I, I mean, he even made the Astros look stupid, and, I mean, you can argue that they knew what was coming. So, I don't know. I think the stuff is so – if you give us – if you say, like, 15 wins and 25 home runs, I'd be like, all right, that is a hot take. Even though wins don't matter all that much, in my opinion, to pitching, starting pitching, I, I, I don't really care too much about wins. But, yeah, I, I, I just I, – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm excited. Plus, it's going to be tough with the amount of abs he's going to get. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, he's shown the power, like to just go off and hit five home runs in a week, seven home runs in a week. So I mean, I, I don't think past him. Also, this is another cool one. I, which I, I actually don't remember if he did this already, but I think he's going to do the sub three with twenty five plus, and I think he's going to get pitcher of the month and player of the month in the same month. I think he's going to hit, like, eight jacks with, like, a 1,300 OPS 
and make two starts or however many starts and have like shutouts on three out of four or two out of three or however many starts he does that month. And I think he's going to get the award for both categories in the same month. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, he's, he's one of those guys where you look at it and it's like, wow, I'm, I, he had an impressive month, but I'm like, wow, I'm not surprised that he did that. Like, like Mike Trout is the same way. It's like he, Mike Trout does incredible things every month. And it's like, when you look at him compared to other players, it's like, wow, that's, that's incredible how much better he was than the next best player. But then again, you look at it and it's like, well, it's Mike Trout. Like, what do you expect? Like he you is can't Mike, even give that dude player of the month awards because you can't. it wouldn't even be, it's like borderline the same thing with the MVP. I feel like there's been some MVPs where they're like, all right, like, yeah, we get it. Like <laughs> Trout should win it. But like, Maybe we should consider these other guys. And then it becomes this whole conversation on MLB Network when the whole time we're like, dude, we know who should win. Like, why are we even talking about it? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just excited to see Shohei Otani in action. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I'm just, you know, after that home run, I, I'm just excited for baseball in general to be back. So I uh, had a had somebody come uh, message us on Instagram. His name's Cato. O'Connell, I believe, is his name, and he asked us uh, if Jose Iglesias starts, you know, he starts off the season hot, and he does his thing, if the Angels should be interested in extending him, and just wanted to get everybody's thoughts on this. Nate, I'll kind of start with you, because I know Brock, you know, kind of talked to him a little bit, and you can give your two cents on it, but Nate, what's your, what is your thought on extending Iglesias if we you know, kind of see him as one of the better players, what better shortstops in the AL this year? Uh, I, I don't see them extending him midseason. I, I think uh, it's something that you're just going to have to wait and see towards the end of the year. There are going to be a lot of shortstops available this next year and a lot of high high quality shortstops. I mean, and then you're also going to have a guy like Angleton Simmons who will be a, sh- a free agent next year who is very similar to uh, Jose Iglesias. So I, I think they're just going to wait and see. They could easily go out and get a Trevor Story, a, a Francisco Lindor, if they would like to. Um, or they could just re-sign Iglesias because there's not going to be too much um, talk about Jose Iglesias' free agency next year. He's going to be buried behind Seager, Correa, Lindor, Story. Like, there's just so many shortstops that – I don't see them needing to extend him right away. Brock? Yeah. So thanks, Cade, for messaging and and posing the question. I also agree that I don't think they're going to think about extending him in the middle of the season. I just think there's too many options available coming up this offseason that they're going to need to be patient and and fully see what he's going to be capable of over a full season before they venture down that route. And, you know, I I told him basically – you got Seager, Baez, Story, Lindor, Correa, and then you still got Simmons and Iglesias himself in that mix. That's just way too many big impact names to, you know, overlook them and just extend Iglesias in the middle of the season and kind of, you know, kind of put yourself out of the running for those guys. You know, we had brought up the point of maybe still extend him and then still go after one of those guys, which I guess is a, is a potentiality. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it more depends on what they want to focus on this offseason, whether they want to focus on pitching or first base or shortstop or pitching, you know, a combo of pitching and first or pitching and shortstop or even all three. 
and how they're going to go about that. You know, we got Freeman coming up as a free agent. We got Rizzo coming up as a free agent this offseason. Syndergaard and Stroman and a couple other names too, some older guys that we can maybe look at doing a one-year deal with, like a, a Verlander, a Scherzer, you know, however those guys plan on going about their free agencies. But there's a lot of potential this offseason with names and our financial flexibility. And it's all going to depend on what the Angels want to strive for. They can try to get a shortstop maybe a little bit cheaper via trade. They can go big and sign a Baez and then maybe go cheap on the pitching like they normally do and get a Freeman too. So it kind of just all depends on, you know, where they think these players are going to end up landing, where they think they're going to end up wanting to play. Because, you know, we got holes to fill. We got money to fill them. And we also can't forget that we have some pitching names that we're going to have to consider possibly uh, giving extensions or contracts to, being Bundy or Heaney. Um, so, you know, if we don't get Bundy or Heaney back, then that's going to probably make them focus on pitching a little bit more than first base or shortstop. So there's just way too many variables from now until the off season to truly give an honest answer to that. And that's what I told Kate. I said, we're probably going to change our opinion on this 50 times during the season, especially once the trade deadline comes up and see what happens with that. That could totally change our perspective on what the offseason plan is. But so far, I really like what Iglesias has to offer. He seems like he has the potential to be Angleton Simmons-ish with not as good defense, um, with maybe a little bit better offense. So it's kind of a trade-off. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad if we extended them, but I think that it would be smarter to to, have, to be patient and wait and see what the offseason has in store. You look at what the Angels are going to need next year, and it's, it's, it's interesting. It really is. I don't think you're going to need any outfielders, and I don't think you're really going to need – you don't need a third baseman, you don't need a second baseman, and you hope you don't need a first baseman as long as Walsh can be Walsh and do Walsh things. So – you need a shortstop, and you need a whole new, basically a whole new pitching staff, minus I think you can throw Rodriguez in the mix, I think you can throw Detmers in the mix, and Canning in the mix. And you're going to need a whole new bullpen as well. And you have a lot of money to do it. And that's when it's going to get really interesting. If I had to guess, I think you know the best thing would be, not the best thing, but I think my guess would be Javi Baez. I think the Angels are going to push for Javi Baez. I really do. And I've been talked into it by people, too. I think it's going to be Javi Baez. And <laughs> bold take. I don't even know if it's a bold take. Baez to Anaheim, Lindor to the Dodgers. I don't even know how bold that is. But, I mean, that's more bold for the Dodgers. Nah. That'd be a stupid, that's a stupid team in L.A. That's stupid. Stupid to put that team not. That's not a hot take. I, I definitely see those things happening for yeah. sure. I'd rather have Seager than Lindor. I think Seager brings more to that team anyway, but it, it doesn't really matter. They're they're going to end up with one of them. I'd rather have Trevor Story than any of those names. Lindor's, Lindor's the best shortstop in baseball. You know, change my mind about that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Best, short, best shortstop in baseball. Seager's better than Lindor, and he might even Story's take a hometown discount for the Dodgers, so I, I don't see the Dodgers needing Lindor because Seager's probably going to stay. You're right. They don't need him. You're right. They want him. <laughs> Who doesn't they want him? They didn't need Bauer. They didn't need Bauer. They got him. I mean, I, I, again, I, I think that we don't need to get into this anymore. We really don't. 
Lindor is the best shortstop in baseball. You don't have to change my mind otherwise. How are you going to say that over story, dude? There's no way. Because we all have th- we have three different best shortstops in baseball here. That's how deep shortstop <laughs> position is. Some, uh, I think Nate said Seager basically is the best shortstop in baseball, though I think he might agree with you in story. And you're I, not I saying think story. Story and Seager are, are better than Lindor. I, I don't know who the best shortstop is, but I – I think Lindor gets a lot of a lot of praise for being the best shortstop, and I don't know if he's actually the best shortstop. I mean, dude, Story is the only shortstop that I think it, currently. I mean, Lindor could be in that conversation, I guess, too. But Story has the potential. He's a elite defender, and he also has the potential to be a thirty thirty or forty forty shortstop in Colorado. Yeah, in Colorado, but I mean, come on, dude. Power is power. I guarantee you, Arenado is still going to hit 30 plus bombs in St. Louis. And Trevor Story, I think, is in the same boat. I think Charlie Blackman could be potentially in that same boat. So I think that those three guys moving from Colorado elsewhere, I don't think that those three guys would be affected. I don't. Lindor is the best shortstop in baseball. (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that. Gosh dang it, Jared. I'm I'm putting up a poll and I'm asking. Who would they rather have, Lindor or Story? And I hope the fans don't let me down. We'll see when the Mets are uh, watching the playoffs this year with Lindor at shortstop. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I don't think if, if Lindor doesn't sign an extension with the Mets before the season's over, he's not staying with the Mets. I, I, I personally think that. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I, def, I could see him going Dodgers, but I agree with Nate that I think Seager, Seager is just fits. He just fits there. All right, guys. We're talking halos, not talking baseball. We're not on John Boy, all right. We're, we're we're talking we're talking halos here. So let's reel it back a little bit. Let's talk some Angels baseball here. And again, I want to bring up the Angels rotation because that is a key here. And you know, I think the wild wild west is wide open right now. I think the AL West is wide open in general. And to bring it full circle and talk with the rotation, the Astros might be losing Framber Valdez for the entire season, arguably their best pitcher in their, in, in their rotation, arguably a top 20 starting pitcher in the AL, if not in baseball, with a, I believe, a broken finger of sorts. I, I'm honestly, I don't know the news too much on that. That's sort of what I've seen. So, guys, if we want to reel back a couple podcasts here and talk about top five rotations in baseball, can we now slide the Angels into that four spot as the fourth best rotation in the AL? Brock, I'll start with you because I know you weren't here for this whole conversation. Yeah, I, I wasn't here for that conversation. I, I still didn't listen to the, to the show, but I, I would probably put them around five or six. I could see them being around any, anywhere between four or four to six. I could, but I not to sound mean because I don't want to wish injury upon anybody, but it's good for us that he's not going to be on the mound that year or this year. You know, because we need kind of every little piece of help that we can get. I think every team can. And, you know, we'll talk about this later, but chartering into the same thought process is JBJ signing with the – who did he sign with? Brewers. 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 There you go. Had a brain fart. (laughs) Sign with the Brewers. That helps us too because I I would have bet a lot of money that he was going to sign with the Astros. So that helps us too because he would have been a really solid piece there. So them missing out on JBJ and um, them having Valdez potentially not be pitching for a long time, that you know that helps us. That's just another piece that we're not going to have to compete with. 
And, you know, hopefully they're not like how we've talked about the A's and how Nate, you know, brings up that they have an injury or they lose somebody and they bring up some no-name and then they end up being super solid and, and destroy us. So hopefully that's not the scenario with this and they kind of just bring up somebody or have some no-name that, you know, is mediocre and it's just one step. You know, honestly, I could definitely see us winning the AOS this year. Like, I, I really kind of had this realization this last week looking at roster comparisons, and the Astros still have a super solid lineup, but pitching, I think, especially with this Valdez thing, we might have them edged out if we can stay healthy and, and perform to what we think we can. And our lineup clearly beats them. So they're really, in my opinion, our, our, our biggest competition. And, you know, the A's are always a sleeper, always, always a sleeper. So the A's are going to be up there too because they're just going to find their way up there like they always do. But if we can keep healthy and perform – we can win the West, especially with this news of Valdez. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. Nate, I just want a yes or no answer from you. Are the Angels now the fourth best team, fourth best rotation in the AL? No. Oh, I gotta hate you. I, I didn't have I didn't have the Astros in my top five anyway, so that doesn't really matter to me that much. I had them, you know, that six to eight range, like I have the Angels. Um, so it doesn't really move anyone up for me. Um, stays the same. Indians, well, Nate, who is your top five since I wasn't there for that episode? Indians, Yankees, White Sox, Twins were top four. And then that five, six, seven, you could kind of throw Angels. I'm not a huge Blue Jays fan on their rotation, but you could throw them in there based on the, the numbers. Um, the Astros were in that conversation as well. So top four are pretty solid for me, and then that five, six, seven was just kind of all over the place. And what about the Nats or the Mets? Oh, we're talking a- about AL. AL. AL, yeah. NL, if you throw okay. the NL in, it's not fair, because NL, we've, we've talked about this yeah. before. I mean, Nate talked about this off the record all the time. The NL is just stupid. Like, you can't. Disgusting. Yeah, I, I mean, the Angels dropped down into like a top 15, 16, 16 17, top 20. <laughs> rotation in in the major leagues when you throw NL teams in there. I mean it's it's crazy. It really it really is. So and Brock, mine is Yankees, White Sox, Angels, Indians at the moment. And I don't that's, know if, that's in order, correct? That is in order. I don't know if you want to throw Say it one more time. No twins. Yankees, White Sox, Twins, Angels, Indians. Sorry, I did I not I forgot the twins. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just don't see us fitting in that five. I don't know. I, I'd probably put us at six. I don't know. Go the uh when you get when we get off recording this, go on and play the comparison game. Go match up go match up rotations and tell me tell me who you like more out of those. Based off of what? Just just instinct or or projected war or what? Whatever you want to go off of, to be honest. Whatever you wanna okay. whatever you wanna go fair. off of. I'll, I'll do a little mix. I'll do a yeah. little mix of the two. Yeah. So honestly that's all I really have today. I don't know. Any final thoughts here? Nate, I'll start with you. Final thoughts? Yeah, my final thought uh, has been watching spring training has been awesome. It, it really looks like they're getting back to that 2002 old school, like we're going to be aggressive. I, I love seeing the uh, the multiple attempts to steal bases. It feels like they get a guy on first and it's like we're, we're going to steal and we're going to make it tough on the opponents. And I, I absolutely love seeing that. I, I think they've had at least one stolen base every spring training game. And it feels like they're attempting – two, three, um, sometimes four times every game. So I really enjoy that. I hope that continues in the regular season because I think 
that that's going to be a big, big uh, potential uh, thing for the Angels. I, I know Madden has said he wants to see Fletcher steal some more bases, so that could be an indication on what he has for this upcoming season. All I heard out of you there was Trout 50-50, 50 home runs, 50 stolen bases. Rock, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I like that Nate brought that up because it brings me back to the early scrappy social days where that's all we did. We, we played small ball, and we also had the power, too. And I think that was one of the best combinations that we've ever had. And, uh, you know, when you throw Fletcher in that mix with him getting on base all the time, stealing second, and then you get the 2-3-4 that we have, I mean, dude, disgusting. Uh, but final thoughts-wise, uh, I'm going to put up two polls in the next couple of days. One of them is going to be Baez or Story or Lindor or Story. I haven't decided which one I'm going to do. And the second one is going to be a respondent question of who is your guys' top five American League rotations. And I want to see the responses with that. So hopefully the listeners hear this and we'll get a little bit uh, good, abo- good involvement on those and see what we can uh, get back with that. We could talk about it at another, another time. Yes, sir. Definitely do that. And, of course, for me, culture's the name of the game this year. If the Angels have a good culture, good clubhouse present, presence, I think that it translates onto the field a little bit better. I really do, Nate. You brought it up. I think, you know, you get back to the old school scrappy type of thing. I think that's a that's a big, big factor. But I think culture's the name of the game. I think if the clubhouse is right, the playing's right. I think fun starts being had again. I just don't think the Angels have had fun lately. And that's that's a that's a big part of it is, you know these these adults are playing a kids game really are so and I think we you know we put a lot into it I really do I think we we look at it way too much but again culture is the name of the game if you're having fun you're winning games you're winning games you're having fun so that's 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 what I got at the end of the day so guys as always you can follow us at Talking Halos on Instagram Twitter and Facebook go follow us on all of those we interact with all of you guys there and. Of course, you can follow myself at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Brock at BDROX8. And you can follow Nate Green at NateGreen34 on Twitter. Guys, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people asked me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT.